In this video, we're going to talk about how to get the ownership information or contact information for a person or company that is using a P.O. box or a post office box. Now, these are three methods that are very frequently used for investigations or skip tracing. If you have questions or comments about this, put them in the section below. In addition, if you have additional questions about doing searching for a person's location, let us know and we'll make that an additional video in the future. So the reason for possibly needing the identity or the location of a party using a P.O. box is many times a fraudster or a defendant or a debtor can hide behind using a P.O. box so you don't know their actual physical location. You don't know where they're living. The most important thing you need to know for things like service of process or maybe sending certified letter is where the person puts their head down at night, where they sleep at night. Obviously, you don't sleep in a P.O. box. Now, make sure when you're using any of these methods that you're using them legally. Get good legal advice about when you can and can't do some of these things. Not every method can be used in every case. There's privacy laws. There's Gramm-Leach-Bailey Act laws. There's all kind of laws in even your state that may apply to this. So make sure you get good legal advice from an attorney before you start taking action about discovering private information on an individual or a corporation. But here are three methods that can be used for skip tracing or background checks. Number one is you can file this form with the postmaster in the jurisdiction where the post office is being held. This is a request for box holder information and you'll put the box holder name and address here. You put the capacity of the requester, meaning that are you a process server attorney or you're just a party representing yourself. And you're going to put the statute or regulation which applies in this case. Also the name of other parties that are involved with the conflict the court in which the case has heard or will be heard. Again, this is something where its pre-litigation request is authorized by this form. If you do have a docket, you put it in this form. And also the capacity of the individual. Are they a defendant in the case? Are they a witness in the case? Are they an asset holder? Are they a trustee for information, records, or assets? Be aware that when you file a form like this, it tells you in big letters you can't submit false information to get private details from the postmaster. Could be a crime, so make sure that you're doing it correctly. Then you put your signature and your name and address at the bottom. Again, this is submitted directly to the postmaster in the jurisdiction where the post office box is being held. Option number two, and this is used very frequently, you gotta make sure you do it legally and you're not breaking any laws by using this method is you will mail to the post office box a tracking device. GPS, AirTag, Tile, something that is a tracking device. Normally, the person with the post office box will bring their mail home, bring it to where they maybe have an office. If you time the mailing so that it gets there when they're more likely to go home, maybe on a Friday, so they're going to go on a weekend or maybe get there on a Saturday. They're probably not going to go to their office on a Saturday. That may be more likely to get that information. On the other hand, you may decide you want to find out where their office is located. So you're going to mail it during the week. Sometimes mail is actually forwarded from a post office or even a private mailbox. If somebody has a UPS store mailbox or some other private mailbox, many times 
the subject will not physically go to the mailbox. They'll forward that mail on a regular basis. So you can follow that AirTag wherever it goes. Again, make sure you're not breaking any laws, any privacy laws when you do this. The location of the person is most likely going to be their residence. Now, we've even had clients that wanted to make sure that the discovery of that GPS device wasn't made prematurely. So if you open an envelope and you see an AirTag, you might throw it away. If you maybe go to the post office and open all your mail at the post office counter, you're not going to bring your AirTag home. So they'll put it inside of some other item that's not easily discovered. And that way, the AirTag or the GPS device or whatever it is will most likely make it to the final destination that you want to discover. The address of the house, the residence, the office. So that's option number two. Option number three, and this is used many times, is to send a warranty card. So if a person you know has some type of product, a certain vehicle, a certain piece of equipment, maybe something that's not even directly owned. If you send a warranty card where they'll return that warranty card with their address, maybe it's a delivery of an item that needs physical delivery, like a truck delivery, and they have to fill in the address where they want that warranty to be activated or the delivery address. This requires action from the defendant, from the subject. They have to fill out the card. So you have to structure the wording of that very carefully. You don't want to make false statements in order to get private information. That could be considered pretexting. But if you have a product that you're shipping or if you have a product that has a warranty and you structure the wording to where you can put right in the address, PO box is not accepted. How many times have you seen that? Many times it'll say P.O. Box is not accepted. You put that on your return form. Make sure it has postage on it. So that way there's no reason for them not to send it. Make sure there's an incentive. It extends your warranty. It gives you more product. It will send you an accessory, whatever the case might be. Sometimes these incentives are what gets the subject debtor or defendant to send back that card with the address that's not a post office box. The last method is to use an electronic contact to ping the location of the party. So if you send a rebate form, if you send a QR code, if you send something on a printed document to the PO box where they have to scan it, enter it, maybe even go to a website, make up your own website. You can register a domain name for $10, host it for $10 a month, and you put a website that has some reason to go there. You send out a postcard that says, hey, go to this website, xyz.com, to get more information about X. Whatever you think that subject is going to be interested in, you probably know more about that subject than anybody else does. So maybe if they're into a certain hobby, they're into a certain social event, you're going to put a website where they get information about that. When they go to the website, you monitor the server logs, the server traffic on that website to find out the geolocation of the IP address where they visited from. Again, it requires a physical response, an action from that debtor. But if you word the mailing correctly, giving them incentive to do it, it doesn't cost them any money. They don't have to fill anything out. The action for this is actually easier than returning a form because they don't have to write anything down. They can just go to their computer, go to a website, scan a QR code, and it gives you the geolocation of that person. Now, if they go on, if they're on their phone and they're in their car, it's not going to help you. But Again, you can word the structure of that message 
to make it more likely that they're going to do it from a home PC. Maybe you even make the website almost unreadable from a phone PC or a mobile device, phone browser, mobile device. You make it so that the pictures are too large or it's not formatted correctly on a mobile device. So they have to go to their home PC to see what it is you're talking about. Again, it's all about the wording and the structure. Can't say it enough. Make sure it's legal. Make sure your purposes are legal. Make sure you're not breaking any rules, laws. If you're in a litigation, you might also want to check with your attorney to make sure you're not contacting a representative party improperly. But these are all methods that can be used based on your scenario to find out the physical location of a person that's hiding behind APO box. Again, if you have questions or other details, put them in the comments. We'll answer those in future videos.